You're listening to Transforming Insight, the podcast for anyone who has the ambition to transform their insight team and create an insight-driven organization. Your host is James Witcherly, Chief Executive of the Insight Management Academy and the author of the book Transforming Insight, The 42 Secrets of Successful Corporate Insight Teams. Hello again, and welcome to the latest episode of the Transforming Insight podcast. This one's called Defining Your Ambition for Insight. So, welcome to episode 30, the third of season four, and also our third episode looking at the topic of insight strategy. If you missed the last couple of episodes, or any of those from the first three seasons, you can download them anytime you like from your favourite podcast provider. In the first two episodes of this season, I've set out why I think it's so important for insight leaders and senior insight managers to think about a strategy for insight in their organisation. And then how we might take the first steps by reflecting on the markets in which our organisations operate, the opportunities and issues it has to contend with if it's to succeed, the environment in which our insight teams work, including your organisation's current strategy, culture, mindset and decision-making processes. And then, and only then, the current state of your insight team and its capability, as well as an audit of the customer and market knowledge that it possesses. I think this sort of structured reflection that I set out in more detail in the last episode is critical to determining what the opportunity looks like for an insight team to make a difference in your company. But is that all we need to do before we define our vision for insight? and maybe set about crafting a mission statement that can act as a reference point for our team this year. Well, no, I think there's another step we need to take first. I think it's only possible to create a successful vision for your insight function by examining both the potential ways that insight could make a difference to your organisation's performance, and then look at your ambition for it to actually seize those opportunities. Now, ambition isn't a subject often discussed in insight circles. Of course, individual members of insight teams might be recognised as ambitious. I bet you can think of some now. And I'm sure you have conversations with your colleagues about their ambitions in one-to-ones and personal development sessions. But what's your ambition for insight as a function and as a concept in your company? How much does your own personal ambition cause you to be optimistic about how transformative a role insight could play? Or does your lack of career ambition, maybe for perfectly good reasons, impede your thinking when you consider the potential for the insight department? The leader responsible for insight at one of the global retailers that work most closely with the IMA believes that there's a very strong connection between an insight leader's personal ambition and the vision which they then define for insight in their company. And that can work both ways. Ambitious individuals can encourage teams to reach for the stars before they're ready to fly. Equally, more cautious insight leaders can fail to recognise their team's true potential because they might not be interested themselves in further promotion. Personally, I think there are probably more in the second group. So for this part of the strategy development process, I'd like you to consider... First, your ambition as an insight leader or an aspiring leader. Second, your ambition for your team. Third, your ambition for insight to become a key part of your company. And fourth, your ambition for the organisation itself. Something else that might influence your thinking in this space 
is the ambition shown by other Insight leaders. Whether you meet your peers at one of the IMA's Insight forums, through professional associations, research and analysis conferences like Quirks, or online networking groups, it's worth reflecting on the ambition that they reveal when they talk about Insight's role in their organisation. Very often, we might assume that other Insight leaders share our perspective. But listen carefully to what research and analysis directors say, and it's usually possible to find something about their own ambition, or indeed lack of ambition, for their own function. You're listening to the Transforming Insight podcast, published by the Insight Management Academy, the world's leading authority on transforming corporate insight teams. There's another thing to consider when we talk about our ambition for an insight team. And this is a bit more difficult to define. It revolves around a combination of our leaders and their teams, sense of mission, tradition, values, culture and desired impact. Collectively, we might describe those as the way we want to play the game. Or to adopt the language you might expect to read in a book or listen to in a podcast about strategy. How would we like Insight to participate in the life of the wider organisation? One way to think about this is through the lens of the IMA's Insight Participation Matrix. A few episodes ago, I should take out a pen and paper and draw a diagram, and you might want to do the same now. If you've got a copy of the Transforming Insight book to hand, there's a picture you can refer to on page 121. But if you don't have a copy of the book, what I'd like you to do is to draw a simple four-box model. And with the left-hand axis, I'd like you to write down the label Project Contribution, for the bottom line, and strategic opinion for the top line. And then along the bottom, where we label the axes there, I'd like you to describe, um, put the label, describe challenges for the left-hand column, and then define solutions for the right-hand column. Now I'm going to walk you through the four boxes that our, our matrix creates, and explain why I've picked those labels for the axes, and ask you to consider where your insight team is now, and where you would like it to be in, say, the next two or three years' time. So let's start with the lower left quadrant of our matrix. I'm going to describe teams that sit in this box as service delivery teams. So if your Insight team focuses primarily on contributing analysis and research to individual projects, and if the research or analysis is mainly concerned with what is happening, where, when, by whom, and why, it's likely to be playing the role of a service delivery function. This is where most Insight teams are traditionally played. It's usually how, maybe even why, we were set up. And of course, it can be a very comfortable place to be. It allows our analysts and researchers to focus on their technical skills, following their passion for data or customer research. It gives our people a sense of satisfaction when they do a good job and deliver accurate numbers or interesting findings. There's often immediate positive feedback from colleagues in other departments. But we have to be honest with ourselves. Service delivery teams are never going to transform an organization's performance. So what do Insight teams that have traditionally played in this space do? Where are they trying to get to next? Well, there are two possible steps they can take out of this box. First, we're going to consider what happens if we move up to the top left quadrant of our matrix. I'm going to call Insight teams that play here as voice of the customer teams. And the first thing to say about this box 
is that its signposts a role that many insight teams are now aspiring to play, particularly if they have a market research heritage. To represent the voice of the customer, an insight team needs to combine its project delivery focus with an increasing attention on joining the dots between projects and then forming opinions based on that joined up evidence. Now that sounds a lot more ambitious, doesn't it? And I can see why playing in this space appeals to many insight teams. It embraces some of the learning we were talking about when I described the evolution to insight farming, accepting that there's more value in accumulated knowledge than in the findings of any one piece of research or analysis. But the IMA doesn't regard this as the optimal role for an insight team to play, because big business decisions always involve trade-offs. And if the insight team is merely amplifying the views expressed in customer research, it's leaving others to work out how to make the trade-offs between customer, financial and operational factors. It's not really mapping from the market to the money in the way that I described in episode 5 of our podcast. So let's get back into the bottom left-hand quadrant again, and let's look at another way in which insight teams try to escape from that box, try to move away from being service delivery teams. This time we're going to move across to the right, from the lower left quadrant to the lower right quadrant. And I'm going to call insight teams who play here as project consultants. Why project consultants? Well, in many ways, this space in the insight team participation matrix is the polar opposite to that of the voice of the customer position. This project consultant role is increasingly being adopted by more progressive analysis-based teams, and its focus is on objectively analysing all data that are pertinent to a particular business issue. That might be customer data, market, operational, financial data, etc. Anything that's relevant to a particular decision. And that that gives it a lot in common with the way that a management consultancy approaches a particular problem by looking at it with great intensity for a period of time and pulling in as much data which is relevant to that issue as possible. This approach is characteristic of organisations that focus on agile working. It fits in well with scrums, huddles, intense periods of multidiscipline focus on that particular business issue. Unlike the voice of the customer role that I described above, this really does involve mapping from the market to the money, because it's drawing insights from lots of different data sources, not just from traditional market research or customer databases, but reaching out to see how the insights that we can derive from those can be blended with an understanding drawn from financial data sets or employee data or operational data of some description. But an insight team working in this way often ignores another crucial part of its remit. To develop that big picture customer knowledge asset and a coherent set of opinions about the direction of the whole business, not just a series of specific business issues that are being debated at that moment in time. So that leaves us with the top right-hand quadrant. And I think you can see where I'm going with this. This space is occupied by those insight teams that try to combine the big picture opinions of the voice of the customer teams with the solution-focused contribution of the project consultants. I've labelled these teams strategy drivers to recognise that they have developed an opinion about how and why consumers in a market become customers of an organisation and create value for it. 
They draw from as wide a range of data sources as possible, stepping outside simply a focus on traditional market research sources and traditional customer data sources. But they don't just use that blended understanding to solve individual business issues. They use that blended understanding to build big picture knowledge about customers' interaction with the organization and form opinions about what the organization should do if it wants to address its biggest strategic issues and opportunities. So if you listen to episode five and you thought, I want us to map from the market to the money, and then you tuned into episode 10 and you thought, ah, but I also want my insight team to farm insight knowledge. And then you listened throughout season two and season three and you thought, well, yes, there's no point in doing either of those things unless we drive change through influence and communication. Well, then this is the natural place for you want to play. But be under no illusion. Combining all these aspirations can produce the ultimate ambition for an insight team. But if that's you, or the person sitting next to you, or the person with whom you have a meeting this afternoon, are you or they really prepared to take on that challenge? So let me summarise some of the key points that you might want to take away from this podcast. Number one. To create a vision for our insight teams, we need to understand the opportunities for them to make a difference, but also our ambition to seize those opportunities. Number two, the ambition shown by an insight team often reflects the ambition of its leader and senior managers. So it's worth reflecting carefully about the difference between the two. Number three, the insight team participation matrix provides a lens through which we can examine our ambition for insight in our organisation. Number four, progressive insight teams are moving away from a service delivery focus to become either voice of the customer teams or project consultants. And number five, the IMI believes that the ultimate ambition for an insight team lies in neither of these two boxes but rather to aim to be strategy drivers, combining the best of all the other roles. You should now be able to develop a vision for insight based on your analysis of the lie of the land and on this reflection on team ambition. Often, that seems to be about as far as insight leaders get. But if we want our strategy to be more than words on a page, we now need to think through some practical implications. What choices does this vision equip us to make? And this is what we'll do in the next episode of the Transforming Insight podcast. Thank you for listening. Transforming Insight is available on all leading podcast platforms. Subscribe now to get notified when the next episode is released. Check out all the resources in the show notes and sign up to our email list. The Transforming Inside podcast is brought to you by the Insight Management Academy, who reserves the rights to the content. For more information on any of the ideas discussed in the episode, please visit www.insight-management.org.